0: When we have the knowledge, when we understand our bodies, like that's a massive empowerment, at least it was for me and what I find with my clients, right? When you know what's going on in your body, you have so much more control over your health. You have so much more control over your choices. You feel so much more empowered walking through life because your health is your wealth.
1: Welcome to the Wild and Well, collective podcast where we believe empowered health is your superpower.
0: We have combined our expertise in medicine and nutrition to bring you the latest research, expert insights, and success stories of people on a mission to live a big life.
1: So buckle up and get ready to learn how to live wildly well. Hello, I'm so excited that we are getting to chat and put you in the spotlight today, Sheree. Yeah, this podcast has kind of been our dream for a little bit. We've been chatting about doing it for so long, and I'm so excited to actually get started. And the way we want to start, the way we both decided to start is to introduce each of us. And so today is going to be a focus and highlight completely on you and how you ended up here.
0: And I can't wait to dive in. I know. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so pleased that we're getting to do this and getting to share our magic with the world, because I think there is such a need for... For everyone to be able to uplevel and optimize their health, so I'm nervous and excited. <laughs> Don't okay. normally like being on me too much, so <laughs> I can get outside my comfort. I love it.
1: <laughs> so let's just kind of go way back when to the first time you started. Like where? When did health become part of your story, or what started your journey in pursuing health for yourself for others?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, this will probably come to a shock to a lot of people who haven't heard my story before, but my journey actually started when I was 22 months old, I was diagnosed with celiac disease um, at that time. And so my whole, my whole life changed, even though I wasn't really old enough to to be conscious to it, Um, it was a massive shift, for my mom and uh, my family and everyone to, to adapt to what was so foreign at the time. Gosh, that was,
1: yeah. I mean, there's so much of our world now that is aware of even gluten sensitivities, but Mm -hmm. and diet and all that, that we can buy. But that had to have been a huge challenge for, for your
0: parents at the beginning, for sure. Yeah, it was massive. And like, you know, I've talked to mom about it since, and she used to make all of my bread from scratch. She used to make everything I ate, like we were, whenever I went out, it was, I was only able to eat like hot chips or potato chips or there's very few things that I could actually go to or choose from. And so from a very, very young age, I had to learn to take my own plate to birthday parties and not mm-hmm. to eat off other kids' like foods or share my lunch at school or you know the fun things that kids tend to do was like oh what do you have I couldn't be part of that I still remember taking my little like paper plate that was wrapped up in glad wrap to Mm -hmm. to birthday parties and being like this is all you're allowed to eat sometimes it worked in my favor though because I had way better food than some of the other things yeah but you know yeah. For everybody listening.
1: I mean, celiac is different from a gluten intolerance. Like celiac is, is a problem, a big problem. Like medically you needed to be avoiding gluten at all costs. So yeah, you had to be
0: serious about that. Let's disease. It is an autoimmune condition for those of you that aren't aware. And so the studies show that long-term, if I was taken to, con- to, to eat gluten continuously, it can lead to things like bowel cancer. So it's a big, big no-no for me. And I think The blessing in it as much as it's been a struggle um, in my youth and even just around restriction and having this diet mentality that I'll get into a little bit later with restriction around food it's I'm so grateful that it happened when I was younger because I know so many people that it happens to their autoimmune diseases triggered later in life and they end up with they just end up with so much fear around the food. They don't really follow or adhere to it, or it's a massive, massive lifestyle change at like 30, 40, 50 years old. So Mm I feel grateful that I was diagnosed so young.
1: Yeah. Let's just keep moving with that. Like, how did it affect, I would imagine, especially as, you know, for women in general, I feel like, you know, a lot of women have issues with food, like their relationship between our body and food. Oftentimes is distorted early on. But when you have a medical condition where you had to be aware of your body and food on a whole other level, how did that kind of affect your, let's just say, middle school years and beyond?
0: Mm, Great question. And, you know, like I was saying, I started to read labels really, really early. I was more looking at the ingredients. So I'm grateful that I wasn't obsessed with calories or anything like that because that doesn't affect gluten. At least I wasn't obsessed with it at that age. But As I started to get older, I think being diagnosed so young and looking at labels and things so young, I started to take a real interest in food and take a real interest in what I was putting into my body and just getting curious. And I was okay through middle school, or I think we call it like intermediate and in college over here. For those of you that don't know, I'm in New Zealand and Krista is actually in Austin and Texas in the US. So (laughs) yeah. <laughs> we're we're talking to each other from across the world right now, which is so, so amazing. Um but my real, I guess, relationship with food or the issues I developed with food from, I guess I'll call it what it is, an eating disorder perspective, started when I was about 19.
1: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and what you're open to sharing, because I think many people can relate, whether, whether it was sort of a window in their adolescence, or, you know, did that trigger something that has carried them through their adulthood? Are they still struggling? I think a lot of women can relate on some level to having some form of an eating disorder, but I would love to hear what you're willing to share with everyone about your journey with that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm total, I'm such an open book and I do work with a number of people that have come out the other side or have, you know, gone through this. And whether it's eating disorders or disordered eating, I think everyone's got some level of that, whether it's emotional binge eating, you know, stress eating, boredom eating, there's some sort of disorder with with most people in their relationship with food. And so I actually when I left college, I went on to university and started studying sports science and physical education. I actually wanted to be a PE teacher. And that was my path in life. I was set. I knew I'd wanted to be a teacher since I was five. And so when I got to university, one of the first lectures I sat in on was nutrition, like 101. And my Mm -hmm. mind was just blown and they talked about this concept called the calorie equation and so that was me like head down focused I changed up my whole way of eating I was looking at the calories and food I was focusing on what meals I was having I was making sure like the information at the time was make sure you're eating five meals a day so I was eating five meals a day and I was following all the things that I was learning at university and really started to become quite obsessed with the calorie equation calorie counting, I think that's a really common. Like it, a lot of times, these things can start
1: out with good intentions, like you're trying to stay healthy, you're trying to you know really serve your body, and then sometimes they can shift a little bit into an obsession or to kind of uh, a disorder on some level. So it's a good point.
0: Yeah. So I I was like, it was a health intention, and then. I did want to lose a little bit of weight. Like I've never been someone that has needed to lose a lot of weight, but I was carrying a little bit of what I like to call fluff. And <laughs> So that fluff was there and I just really wanted to get into it. I also started going to the gym around the same time and was really focused on my health and my well-being. And I got to a point where I had become relatively obsessed. (laughs) I'm not going to lie with counting the calories. I was logging into my fitness pal every single day, watching what I was eating, everything like that. And my mom said to me one day, she's like, I'm really concerned about how much of a focus this is. I'm willing to pay for you to go see a nutritionist so that you're doing this properly. Like you're not a qualified nutritionist yet. All you're doing is limiting your calories. Like let's make sure you're not overdoing it because it seems to be already messing with your head a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would
1: imagine being celiac, you've got, I mean, you've already got restrictions, right? So like trying to go beyond what what you have to do out of necessity. Yeah. Definitely can set you up for some nutritional deficiencies.
0: You're exactly right. Like there was already a restrictive mentality. and, And some people often ask me like, how can you just be so focused or so disciplined or how could you have done that? And I'm like, I think because I came from a history of, restriction, 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 it was easy just to add more layers and focus on more layers. And I actually ended up having less and less and less types of foods that I allowed into my diet. Mm, okay. So where,
1: which, how did that shift your studies? How did that shift? Like at what point did you kind of pop out of that and want to help yourself and then in turn help others?
0: Yeah. Well, once I like to dive back into you know What happened when I saw the nutritionist, it actually, I'll be completely transparent, made things worse. So for two years, I saw this one nutritionist and it was a male, nothing against men and nutrition, but sometimes there can be a little bit of a, a less nurturing side, I find. Um, I was on the pill at the time I had started the hormonal contraceptive pill at 13 as well. So or 14, just to give some context of what was going on in my body, my hormones were naturally shut down, which also makes it very easy to kind of run like a man in that respect. And so I've gotten into this obsession with the bodybuilding world, cal- calorie counting, and he'd actually got me to reduce my calories even further. Um, long story short, I got my body fat down to 9% in the matter of about eight weeks from seeing him. What was the goal? I'm just so curious when you went to him, what was the said
1: goal in working with him? Like what, what did he see his, what did he perceive his job to be with
0: you? Well, he did work with bodybuilders. So I think a part of me wanted to step on stage and do like a fitness competition or something. So we were working towards that, but the big thing that had actually triggered all of it was this self conscious, around my thighs so i would always been told that i had big thighs i'd always been told that, like my thighs were fat or i had thunder thighs and looking back now they weren't that bad i actually do think extra estrogen from being on the pill probably did contribute to the to the squidginess of them but that was really what I said to him I was like I, I know you can't really spot reduce but I need to shift this weight from my legs I want to be toned I want to be lean I want to like have a body that I'm super super proud of and is also a reflection of the effort that I'm putting into the gym because by this stage I've been going to the gym quite religiously um and so we did that, we, we kind of stayed the course for about two years, calorie, calorie counting. But as soon as he gave me more calories, I went above and beyond. So it was like the moment I had a minute of freedom from this, uh, you know, 1300 calorie diet that I was on, I was blowing it up. I would go and have the ice cream. I can still remember one of my cheat meals, like I had a pizza. And and a half a burger, and then we had ice cream, and then I had lolly. Like it was, it was just a. I've been so restricted over this eight week or four week period, and then I get a little bit of a bulking phase, right? That's what people refer to it as. And I would just go hot and then my my body would blow up. I literally went from nine percent body fat to sixteen percent body fat, which is actually super healthy. But I put on seven percent body fat in the space of five weeks because my body was just yo-yoing massively and the effect it has on your metabolism is crazy.
1: Yeah. And that pattern creates a lot of frustration for women. We can, you know, at some point either now or later, a little bit more into that process of doing something like a bikini show or the bodybuilding. So I know that that can be popular for a lot of women, but it sort of number one sets like the expectation of, I should always look this way, which is near impossible to maintain that kind of physique. And you learned, let's say the hard way, maybe that the the body kind of gets into that survival mode. And so it's just grappling to, to hang on to everything once you finally start to feed the body. So I'm sure that that played a huge role in how you can help people now, because you have a first firsthand understanding of, of how our body responds to things like, shall we say starvation on some level.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's so many elements to that and to fast track a little bit, right? Like that's during that time where I was with the nutritionist, that's where I developed bulimia. I was you know, so concerned because we had, I had this relationship with my nutritionist that there was so much fear. Like if I went, it was a weigh-in, it was a body fat measurement. It was adjustments to the meal plan. And it was very much like, I remember him sitting me down one time and being, because my body fat had gone up, I think one or 2%. And he was like, you're, I just stepped into doing personal training. And he was like to me, Shree, you're a disgrace to the industry. This is a disgusting result. Like, I can't believe you're not disciplined enough to have done X, Y, and Z. And I remember talking to my manager at the time about it. And he's like, like the shock factor from people, because I was like, oh my goodness, I was berating myself so much when I got back from that appointment, but it was like that constantly. So Mm -hmm. not only did I have my own mind judging myself, but I had this external judgment and this like need for like, okay, am I doing this right? How do I meet these goals?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm all for, you know, holding someone accountable and I personally love to be led with a little bit of fire, yeah. but you know, learning boundaries and in and, and a particularly like, yeah, like a very sensitive area. Yeah. Interesting. And, and really sad that there are some
0: coaches out there that just train that way. If you want to call mm-hmm. that training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so little did he know, like every time before I was seeing him, I was either over-exercising to the point where, you know, it was horrific or I was making myself sick so that I made sure that the next times I went to see him, I was meeting those goals. I was making, it, I almost felt like I wasn't doing it for myself anymore. It was just mm-hmm. this an external pressure that I kept putting on myself. And honestly, it wasn't until, cause I never shared with anyone. It wasn't until one day that my partner at the time literally heard me throwing up that mm-hmm. I was I was caught out and we ended up sitting down. We had a discussion about it and I knew, I knew then like I had to make a change. Mm -hmm. I had to Mm -hmm. do something differently because I obviously wasn't feeling safe in my body. I wasn't feeling safe with the nutritionist. And so I stopped seeing, seeing nutritionist. You would think after two years, like you would have caught on to that a little bit earlier, but I was just so stuck in this world. And even the pressures of Instagram, like my whole feed was filled with these, like you were talking about before, like these perfect body images and all these girls stepping on stage and they're just sharing those photos continuously, but they don't look like that all year round. Right. And I think that's the misconception with it.
1: How old were you now at this point when you finally kind of had the, the sit down with your partner and like, yeah, when did this, when did things start to shift for you?
0: Um, I was around 21, so still relatively young um, and things did start to shift. And then it was not long after that, that I was actually exposed to another nutritionist that kind of helped kind of did. And I went down the path of trying a whole lot of different things like keto and doing different diets and things just still weren't working. And then I think it might've been a Facebook ad or something led me to this holistic clinic And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, never heard of the idea of holistic health. And you would think studying nutrition and sports science and everything at uni you would be exposed to so much of this holistic health side of things, but I wasn't like, it was nothing to do with what we were learning. We're still learning calorie counting. We were still learning guidelines based off the food pyramid, which as you and I both know is like beyond outdated. Right? (laughs) It takes years to change actual guidelines. So, yeah. yeah. So that was when things really started to shift. And I remember attending a seminar and it was like my whole life, an idea of a lifestyle and health completely changed from one, one day I was actually opened up to like what gut health is, what hormone health is, all of the different aspects that come into that holistic health side. And I thought, wow, this is really what I want to do. I don't want to be a PE teacher. I don't want anything against them, but I was just like, actually, I want to be able to help people who have been in my shoes. You know, I also learned when I sat down with one of the clinicians at their clinic all about how the pill had been destroying my hormones and what had been going on with my body and so you know you had the celiac disease you had the bulimia you had the poor relationship with food you've got the pill going on and then she also pointed out to me like the amount that I was working the amount that I was studying like all the pressure I put on myself through uni i was burnt out as well mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's a recipe for gut health disaster and so many people don't know we're just walking around doing the best that we can with what we well with what we know right so i love that you're sharing how you, you know, you were even studying some of these things. And then lo and behold, one day, somebody shares something with you that turns the light bulb on, which I know is your and mine both hope in this podcast to really start spreading truth and and a deeper level of understanding our body. So that's amazing that you had that. So where did you go from there after you knew, wow, I'm waking up to the reality of my health and how to actually
0: have true health? Where, Where did you go from there? Yeah, so I, I started on a, a program with the support. I mean, I love learning. I'm a massive nerd. And so I always love having a mentor and books to read and all that sort of thing. And so I really connected with this nutritionist. She was super nurturing. She'd also been through the burnout. She'd been through uh, being on a hormonal contraceptive. She'd actually had bulimia as well. And so really resonated, really connected. And she really supported me. She actually sat me down in our first session and told me, you know, all of the different things that go on inside your body while you're on the pill. I was still on the pill at this point. And that next day I just stopped. I was like, I'm done. I'm not putting this crap in my body anymore because looking at the negative effect that it had had, right? And I started on it for purposes of acne. Like my skin was just not even that bad, but I thought it was as a teenager. You're like, oh my gosh, a pimple. And so looking back, I'm like, why did I do
1: that? I can't wait for our podcast episode, completely dedicated to the kill, But
0: <laughs> <know>. carry on, <laughs> yeah. So that that's really what started what started happening. I was just working on healing. I I did a um, functional medicine test with the with the clinic, and that's when I really got introduced to not only holistic health but functional medicine. So I did a stool test, stool sample, and it was just amazing to see. It came back with a parasite in there, came back with not having enough good bacteria. And I came back with a couple of overgrowths like candida and I'd, you know, I was able to see that all the stress that I put on my body, obviously having an autoimmune condition, particularly around the gut does put you at a predisposition to having a weakened immune system, how the medications I've been taking had impacted, you know, there was leaky gut picture going on. And it just, I'm such a numbers person, such a data person. And so to be able to see exactly what was going into my body as well was also a real big catalyst for me going, I'm doing something about this.
1: Yeah. I think that having data, I, I'm also, you know, on the same page with data nerd, love to have numbers. And I do think that it's a—it's helpful for people to actually see objective information on what's actually happening. You know, it's its really important to to see that. So I love that 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 was the trigger I see it now what do I do
0: yeah yeah so from there I just focused on my own healing I finished my degree in sports science physical education then went on did my postgrad in nutrition because I was like this is my calling I need to do this again it was not anything to do with holistic health or functional medicine and I was really disappointed I was the one in the middle of the class and everyone was like she's got balls putting my (laughs) hands up Questioning all of the traditional, like the traditional system. I was like, why are we eating dairy? Why are we eating gluten? Why are we telling people to have five to six servings of grains a day? Like, why aren't we talking about the goodness that comes with fats? Why aren't we talking about, you know, what's going on with your hormones? Why aren't we talking about how to nourish your gut health? Because I was obviously going through my own journey and learning all this stuff. And I was like, this isn't marrying up. So I completed the diploma because I was like, I needed to have nutritionists at the end of my name, right? But during that time, I was getting extra mentorship, I was doing all my own studies, I've since done a number of courses to to bring my skill level right up there, because I've realized that, you know, from my own personal perspective, like traditional westernized medicine and traditional health, (laughs) in quotation marks, right, is not really serving or supporting people. And as a, when I was doing all of this while I was a personal trainer and I was seeing the same thing happen to my clients. They'd be exercising till they were blue in the face. They would be, you know, overdoing things. They would be restricting with calories massively, but they still weren't seeing the results. And that's when I just knew, like I connected the puzzle pieces. I was like, it's their hormone health. It's their gut health. There's something so much deeper and you actually need to look at the root cause. It's not mm-hmm. just this blanket Calories in, calories out, you'll get results.
1: Yeah. And once you know, you can't unknow. You can't ever go back to teaching what the textbook in your classroom told you to say, especially when you've had personal experience with what actually works and when you understand, right? Like Mm -hmm. how the whole body is so connected. I love that you had that aha moment. Yeah. So, where did you go after you started getting learning more with this education? Did you ever like, were you in a, a nutritionist like office or did you immediately go online? Like, where did you go from there? Once you started to educate yourself on the real truth about your body, our bodies.
0: Uh, yeah. Then yeah. Our beautiful bodies. So then we, what we, from there, I was doing PT and I started to integrate the nutrition with it. So I was seeing clients for personal training still and I was like okay cool do you want to do a little bit more deeper work do you want to do a little bit more around seeing how we can maybe shift some weight or get your hormones balanced or really starting to educate my clients so I kind of bridged the two so I was working out of a gym they had an office there so I was actually able to do both which was great and then COVID hit the pandemic hit and something just shifted in me. And I was like, there's a little voice, little calling being like, you need to, to, to go full-time in this nutrition thing. Cause that was my passion. Like I would spend all my PT sessions with my clients talking about their health, their wellness, like what they were eating, how things were going, how their bowel movements were. And they're like, huh?
1: <laughs> like, and let's to- be honest, that actually moves the needle more in our health and our physique than the workout itself, right? I mean, yeah. the majority of it is that you were selling the gems, you know?
0: I <laughs> And so that was when I really, I was in an incredible business mastermind as well at the time, thankfully, like supported through the transition that I decided to make. And I just went, I just, I just resigned, (laughs) moved completely online, started to serve people through from all, from all over the world through zoom just being able to to go deeper to be able to do the deeper testing to be able to support their bodies even even more so so I've been doing a lot of that prior to COVID but it was just taking that leap of realizing okay gyms are shut down I don't want to be in a gym anymore I love seeing people in personal training but my magic is is where the nutrition side of things is and and then further into the journey and like how we met learning more about the mindset and how, you know, there's the physical body that can change from the root, but there's also the mental, emotional, spiritual side that is also not talked about enough that plays a huge role in our health.
1: Yeah. I love that. How do you serve your clients now? What's your main focus you have? Is it mainly on nutrition or is it on gut health or is it all the above? What do you, what do you typically do now?
0: Yeah. I really focus on being very holistic in my practice. So You know, we focus on gut health primarily because as you and I both know, like it's generally the root cause. My favorite quote from Hippocrates is that all disease begins in the gut. And, Mm. you know, with my history of eating disorder and that, I also believe strongly that mental health ties into that disease picture. So you know, all disease beginning in the gut can also be linked to our mental state. You know, I'm sure we'll do a podcast episode on the gut brain connection because it's so powerful, but for sure, that's where I really start with a lot of people is, is looking at the root and doing some functional testing and getting to figuring out what's, what's really going on. And then we tend to go and focus on behavioral change, right? And so once we've changed some of the behaviors, we come up with these blocks, we come up with these resistance, we come up with, okay, there's these emotions coming up or why am I not able to be consistent with this? Like what's happening? And so then addressing the mindset blocks or the limiting beliefs or you know other things that have come that are coming up in their life the amount of women i work with that end up talking to me about their jobs and their careers and finding their purpose or confidence and you know there's so many pieces to holistic health that mm-hmm it's nice to have a safe space to have someone to not only look after nutrition, that nutrition is one component of it all. It's looking after the person as a whole and seeing them as a whole being and and really looking at at them like that.
1: Yeah. I think knowing and really deeply understanding the mind, body, spirit connection Mm -hmm. is life-changing because then you, you can't, you realize that you can't really separate one from the other. So when we have people coming to us with gut health issues with hormone issues with adrenal issues for them to learn like hey it's not a pill that you need it's we need to address your inner world your inner thinking i love that i love that you integrate that into your practice so tell me a little bit about why you wanted to start a podcast together like what what is your main driving factor with with that and and what do you hope to yeah for us to create in this space
0: yeah i think You know, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but I just want to create a really safe space for a woman to be heard. I'm a huge, I mean, I'm here for men as well. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a huge advocate for women in health because I think so often our symptoms are told that we're in our head it's all in our head, you know, your blood tests come back as normal <laughs> by doctor's yeah. standards and you still know there's something wrong. We're told to switch off our intuition, whether that be from like a gut feeling perspective or even um, a deeper soulful intuition there's so much that's being suppressed and we can't deny that we live in a patriarchal society, right? And hopefully that's starting to shift. But I think there needs to be a space where women can feel safe, women can feel seen, but also really learn about their bodies. Because mm-hmm. when we have the knowledge, when we understand our bodies, like that's a, that's a massive empowerment. At least it was for me and what I find with my clients, right? When you know what's going on in your body, you have so much more control over your health. You have so much more control over your choices. You feel so much more empowered walking through life because your health is your wealth. Your health is literally everything in life. You cannot, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying how like, if you don't have your health, you're dead. And I was like, it's so blunt and brutal. <laughs> but it's like, and yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So true. So really building I, I, you know, my intention for this podcast is to build a safe space for humans everywhere to be, to be really heard, to understand their bodies, to feel like they've got people that are there in their corner. And, you know, you do such a beautiful job with your clients. I love everything that you teach and you talk about, and we're both so aligned in the space from that mind, body, spirit connection and knowing how the holistic functional medicine space works. I just, I, I just want to bring more of this knowledge to the world. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, if you look at a
1: lot of the studies, a lot of them are done on men. Mm -hmm. If you look at a lot of the guidelines, you know, some studies in women's health are done in a manner that just doesn't really fully explore the intricacies of women. And women are more dynamic than men in terms of our reproductive system. Oftentimes, not always, but a lot of times in terms of how we hold trauma in our body and just the emotions. And because we are still living in a space where there are certain... There are certain expectations for certain genders and and women, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times in many cultures, even in the US, like a lot of the family burden lands on the mother on, you know, on raising the kids and all that there's just different stressors right so I think. As a woman, having practitioners who really hear you, who kind of see the full spectrum, who are willing to take time with you is so powerful. And you're right, like the empowered woman really can just serve her purpose in life more. So I love that, that you're in alignment with that because it's life-changing for everybody that you touch and everybody that you work with. So can we shift gears for a minute? I want to know a little mm-hmm. bit more about like personal life. So tell me, do you have children?
0: No. I currently don't, but my goal in life has always been to be a mom. So <laughs> watch the space, just not quite yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I knew that about you, but I wanted all of our listeners to
0: know. And do you have any
1: pets? Do you have any uh, any kind of furry friends at home? I would love to, but currently, no. <laughs> you are a complete free agent as far as having to take care of little beings. Okay, great. I take care and... of my <laughs> <laughs> Clients are first and foremost. And when you're not working, when you're not doing that, what are some of the favorite things that you like to do? As you mentioned before, you live in New Zealand. So some of our listeners are from there, many of whom are in the US. And so I'm sure they've got some curiosity about your country, but also, yeah, just what, what
0: are the things that light you
1: up outside of work?
0: So, I love obviously with my PT background, like personal training, I still love exercising. So, I'm a massive gym bunny. I love my yoga. I love reform Pilates. Like, if someone's like, Oh, what do you want to do for fun? I'm like, Oh, go and do some sort of movement. Yeah. Um, I'm also a massive foodie. And I think a lot of people like, What nutritionist loves like food and that sort of thing? Like, yes, I love ice cream. I love pizza. I'm always down for a good glass of wine. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, I'm here for holistic health, but I'm also about balance. So, that's I do enjoy like going and trying new restaurants or finding new places to eat, or even if it is health centered, you know, you'll find me at smoothie bowl places all the time. The other thing I really, really enjoy, and New Zealand is so, so beautiful for it, is just being out in nature. You know going for long walks or just being by the ocean like I'm I'm a double cancer in terms of sun and moon signs <laughs> being by the water is huge for me yeah I just love love being by the ocean or being like going for a hike or traveling around whether it's in New Zealand or out of New Zealand travel is also a huge huge part of my life I love
1: that this is why we we collaborate so well because
0: all yeah. of your loves oh, my loves too
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was so much fun, you know, you getting to share with our audience just more about you. Is there
0: anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I think I think it's it's just just know that like we're here for you. And so, you know, comment, send us messages like. We want to know more about you as well, right? This is just a little snippet of inside us and then um, behind (laughs) the scenes and then we shift gears. But yeah, I'm I'm here to get to know to know all of our listeners. I absolutely love um connection and connecting with people. So I'm so I'm just so excited for where this is gonna go and for how we're gonna get to support so many like-minded, like-minded beautiful souls.
1: Yeah, I love this. I love, you know, that we're taking the time to introduce ourselves, but cannot wait to dive into all of the topics that we have and and different speakers that we want to bring on because, you know, you and I both have that mutual goal to really empower people in their health. And because when we don't have our health, we don't live in our full life's purpose. And we all are here for a magnificent, amazing reason. And I know that you and I both feel like we get to help just spread the word of,
0: of empowerment
1: in our health. So, so glad we got to take this hour with you and uh, I can't wait for what's to come.
0: I know. Thank you. And to all our listeners, we'll see you soon. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave us a review, download
1: and subscribe. If you know someone that could also benefit from this conversation, please share. That's how we spread empowered health.
0: We'll see you again for another episode of the wild and wild collective.